I'm Gemma Cray and I'm here for Film Ireland chatting to director Tom Ryan about his fabulous film Twice Shy. So Twice Shy will be um, released on the 23rd of June so everyone make sure to catch it and okay so just want to ask you so you're the writer and director of the script which is excellent and, and very 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 timely because it covers the the topic of abortion and I just wanted to uh, ask you how did you come up with the concept of this? Twice Shy, it's a uh, romantic drama about a young couple travelling from Ireland to the UK as a result of an unplanned pregnancy. And um, I always wanted to tell a love story. And I thought that the idea of this young couple whose relationship is being tested by the fact that they're going to the UK to have an abortion, I thought it was a good way to examine a relationship. I thought it was a good way to pose the question, you know, not so much is uh, abortion right or wrong. That's not what we're trying to do at all. It's uh, just to explore how it affects uh, the couple and their relationship. So the question that we're trying to ask is, you know, will Andy and Maggie, uh, the two characters in the film, will they come out of this together? Like, will this strengthen their relationship or will this uh, break them up? So I thought um, the two issues sort of went hand in hand, you know, wanting to tell a love story and um, exploring the topic of abortion as well, which is something that's sort of always interested me and something that I've always um, tried to keep up to speed with. Uh, so it just went hand in hand and I thought that um, it would make for an interesting story and something that um, could shed some light on it and hopefully start a conversation as well. Because it is um, a problem that's unique to Ireland. So this is very much so a problem we explore to the UK and what I think your film does really well is it doesn't have blame and represents a lot of different viewpoints very well um, but is very warm and very kind to the people that were there and another subject that's definitely tackled is mental health mm. especially in rural Ireland Yeah, um, it, it was very important to us to sort of like we felt a tremendous responsibility to do these issues justice and to portray them in a non-judgmental uh, sort of way and uh, in a compassionate way and to show some empathy towards them because they're they're very heavy issues um, in Irish culture. Um, you know, it's, it's extremely worthwhile exploring them and uh, especially on film and in cinema. And I think that had we gone about it any other way, we, we wouldn't sort of... Um, we, we wouldn't have done justice, you know. We felt a tremendous responsibility to um, portray these issues in a compassionate way. And there's there's 100% a warmth there, um, as you just said, but it's, it's also a, a lightness to the film where these are issues that face these young people. Um, obviously, um, Shane's father in the film is, suffers terribly at the hands of um, depression and... And that's something as well that people are talking about quite a bit at the moment. But it does it in a warm way and the focus is quite positive, which is really nice to watch. So although it, although it's tackled and, and tackled fairly and kindly, it's not weighty. It's, mm. It has a, like a, a fabulous lightness. And I'd say that was a, a balancing act. And how did you manage that? It was. It's, it was quite tricky. And, you know, it all sort of um, goes back to the script and, doing different drafts and trying to make sure that it's as balanced as possible because if we leaned too far in one direction it might come across as um, you know a statement 
as opposed to an observation because what we want to do is just shine a light on these issues um, and like I said explore them we don't want you know it's not our place as storytellers and filmmakers to try and offer up answers or try and cast judgment or do anything like that um, we just want to show because these issues affect people in different ways um, no two stories are the same when it comes to um, people who travel overseas to have an abortion and when it comes to people tackling mental health everyone sort of does it in, the, in their own way and has their own story to tell so um, like I said we didn't want this to be a statement or anything like that we just wanted it to be an observation as to how these issues affect this couple and um, it was important for us to get the balance right just to make sure that we were doing it uh, sensitively Excellent, so when approaching writing a script like this how many drafts does it go through? How how long does it take to get to that final polished end? It all depends. Um, so, funnily enough, with Twice Shy, I wrote the first draft to send it to my producer, Fionn Gregor, and um, yeah, he, he was on board. Um, we sort of went back and forth. We did another draft. I sort of uh, did another uh, another draft or two just to sort of take things in different directions. And explore, you know, well, what happens if we do this? What happens if the characters go this way instead of that way? And then once the cast came on board, then um, you do read-throughs with them and you rehearse with them. And um, Shane and Esalt were absolutely amazing to work with in the rehearsals because they offered up an awful lot of suggestions. They had uh, wonderful input uh, into their characters and into the story. And then all that feeds back into the next draft. And... We sort of, in, in rehearsals, we took the story as far as we could take it and we changed as much as we could. And then we all sort of realized that, um, like, the base idea, the like, the initial first draft really, like, we, we always, we, we sort of went back to that um, because we felt like that was working and that was more balanced. Um, but it was important in rehearsals to take it in all the different directions and stretch it and see, uh, you know, what happens if we... Um, uh, make this choice instead of that choice and uh, it's important to work all those out in rehearsals because when it came time to shoot it we only had three weeks to do so so we had to make sure that we were completely confident with the script that we had so um, yeah two months of rehearsals and a few different drafts just to make sure that we're absolutely confident with it and that we've explored every aspect of it to the best of our ability. See your first film was crowdfunded wasn't it? was it uh, well, trampoline yeah it, it was sponsored by local businesses oh, uh, so uh, it's a funny story i i i wanted to save up i thought i could like save up a couple of grand uh work in london save up a couple of grand come back and make my first film in ireland but it was absolutely impossible to save money in london uh, and even earn money in london as well it was quite tough. In london, yeah, yeah yeah to be quite honest it was all a bit of a of a learning curve for me i suppose but um, came home then and uh, this was in 2012 and I considered crowdfunding I was hoping to get, I thought I, for six grand I could I could make it um, uh, but there was a bit of sort of crowdfunding fatigue at that point I think a lot of people um, were using those platforms uh, to get funding so I didn't want to sort of um, push it so I was really stuck uh, one day and I was thinking how on earth am I going to uh, raise six grand to make the movie. Uh, so I, I was watching uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, that uh, Pierce Brosnan fun movie, and um, it just hit me all the product placement. And I was like, maybe I could do it that way. Maybe I could, you know, 
uh, get sponsorship. So I went around to all the local businesses uh, in Nina, uh, my local hometown, and um, I asked them, you know, would you be willing to sort of sponsor the film and in exchange, you know, put your shop front in the in the movie, um, you know, we can film scenes here and stuff like that. We can sort of advertise the business that way, so to speak. So um, that ended up uh, working. It turned out that I only got a grand out of it, but like still, that's that's a grand more than I ever expected. So I was very, very grateful for that. But the script had to change then to sort of fit the budget. So originally it was about a, a young woman who moves home from London and uh, gets a job teaching in, or sorry, gets a job uh working in the local hospital because she was a nurse in the original drafts but then that's when I thought I could do it for six grand but then when I only had a grand I needed to think on my feet and re- rewrite everything and got access to my old school uh, on weekends for free they let us kind of uh, use that to, to fill them in so the character changed from being a nurse to a teacher so she gets a job in uh, her local school and stuff so it was all just uh, you, that required me to think on my feet and um sort of make things up as I go along and try and uh, get the film all together um, with just a grand. So when it came time uh, to do Twice Shy, then it's still a low-budget movie, but it, you know, it's a step up from a grand and more time went into the planning of it and the preparation of it. And I knew how much of a budget I'd have, so I was able to sort of write all the different drafts to those financial uh, constraints. And so you had private funding for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like it must have a little bit of freedom as well that you're not answering to people consistently and people were giving you notes or anything like that. Or, yeah, well, or you do. Well, you're always going to have other people's feedback. I mean, because it's filmmaking and filmmaking is yeah. a collaborative and creative process. So um, I think it's not right as a director to go on set and say, no, this is exactly how we're doing it. You know, be open to other people's feedback. I mean, so like you are, you're not getting notes as such but you are getting the cast members and the crew members suggesting uh, changes and things that they think can help strengthen the story. And, you know, sometimes you don't agree with it, and that's good then because that sort of helps reinforce your own beliefs uh, in your own choices. Uh, and then sometimes, uh, more often than not, to be honest, uh, there are better ideas. People <laughs> come come to you with better ideas, and you take them on board, and then um, you take the credit for it as well as the director, I suppose. But, um, yeah, doing it independently... Uh, with financial backing um it's no different really to doing um uh, you know a project to brief or a project um that's uh funded by a, a funding body so to speak you are always going to get feedback and um it's just a matter of being being able to um to take it on board and then make up your own mind as to whether or not uh, it's the right choice for the film and you mentioned as well about Shane and Isolde they were both quite new to the acting game weren't they uh, well, it's Isol's first time on camera. Yes. But you never think of watching the film, honestly. Absolutely not. People, people are, are, are uh, shocked when I tell them that, you know. So it's a credit to her. She's absolutely brilliant. Shane had a good bit of film experience. Um, uh, when he was younger, he uh, worked on Angela's Ashes and King Arthur with Clive Owen. Oh, wow. And then even a few years prior to Twice Shy, he did uh, Stitches with uh, Ross Noble, that horror movie. Conor McMahon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So Shane um, had a bit of um, experience under his belt, and I think that the two of them together then, it balanced out. You know, they were they worked so well together, and uh, Shane was so supportive of Esalt, and, um, you know, I was going to say he was so patient with her as well, but, like, there's nothing to be patient about. She, she took to it so naturally. She was brilliant. And the two of them have a great rapport, great chemistry, and they work so well together. And um, 
I'd love to be able to sit here and take the credit for it as a director and say, you know, well, I directed them to do this and do that. But no, I honestly just sat back and watched them work and um, uh, so impressed and, and uh, I'm so proud of them both as well. I think they did a fantastic job and um, I just hope I'd be lucky enough to work with them again in the future. Yeah, and an absolutely fantastic chemistry, completely believable and completely mm. likable and very easy to watch as a viewer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're they're very natural on camera, and I think that lends to the uh, realism of it, you know, and the like the intimate uh, tone as well. Yeah, and their their conflicts, and and obviously the fact that they're going through something so heavy when they're mm. both so young, but it, yeah, it lends itself to making it a lot more watchable and and them both a lot more likable. So, what is your technical prep like? There's a gorgeous aesthetic to the film. Um, what would be your you. kind of like location sourcing and art department stuff that you do before you go on set? Well, it's all it's all pretty um, on the fly because it's low budget <laughs> stuff. So like, you know, I, I filmed in Nina, my hometown. I had experience uh, filming there before with trampoline and I kind of know the town inside out having grown up there. So um, I knew what locations would look good and what would work there with London then as well. Having lived there, I had a few ideas and uh, my producer, Fionn, uh, is based in London. So he was able to sort of do a bit of scouting on his end as well uh, while I was uh, in, in Ireland. And then uh, I lived in Dublin as well. Um, I, m- I moved to Dublin uh, after uh, I finished up in London. And um, I was able to sort of so- source things, uh, source locations there. You know, it would have been great if we had um, location scout and, and and people like that to help us out. But yeah, you just you just have to do the work yourself when when uh, needs be, you know. And for the aesthetic, the cinematography is stunning. Yeah. Uh, Tipperary looks amazing. These lovely like <laughs> wide shots of of green fields and and obviously Tipperary is a big inspiration for you. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm a very proud uh, tip man. Yeah, <laughs> and I love it, and I and I I'm very proud to be from Tipperary. At the moment, we're still the All-Ireland Hurling Champions, so I'm very proud of that as well. But I think it looks beautiful on camera. Um, we were blessed with the weather when it came time to shoot the film. In terms of the visual style of it then as well, what's interesting about it, is I think our cinematographer, Kevin Minogue, did a terrific job. He really, really uh, went above and beyond the Call of Duty, you know, and uh, it looks stunning. And I think that what's interesting about it is it's kind of handheld, low-key intimate indie movie sort of style filmmaking but in these big cinematic locations and lit so, fabulously yeah, yeah yeah so uh tipperary like you know you put the characters um in a field in tip and it looks beautiful it looks spectacular and then dublin as well like like the the contrast between um tipperary to dublin the busy city streets in dublin and we shot scenes in trinity and like it all adds to the scope of the film and then um, to take it a step further and go to London then uh, towards the end of the movie just opens up the film a lot more and the juxtaposition then of the sort of um, intimate indie style filmmaking against these you know, amazing cinematically beautiful uh, backdrops and locations I think just meant for an interesting contrast and hopefully makes the film uh, stand out. And hopefully, uh, like, especially Tipperary local county councils can give you a few bob towards your next film <laughs> if you're bringing people down there for Yeah, for, fingers for crossed, fingers yeah, crossed, yeah. A bit of tourism. Not, I, not a bad idea, yeah. yeah. I think they owe you for that one. <laughs> um, how long was the shoot and how did the crew work together? 
Uh, the shoot was uh, three weeks long. That was sort of dictated by the budget, so to speak, you know, because we could only sort of afford to pay people to, to do three weeks. So it was it was tricky because um, it was full on. We had we had to go from tip to Dublin to London and kind of you know do do full length feature film in three weeks. It was intense, but uh, luckily you know the crew was absolutely amazing. Um, some of the people I was very fortunate to have worked with before. Um, uh, I had probably uh, I think my guardian angel was my um, first AD, Liam Delahunty. He was a saint. He's a very good friend of mine. We uh, we met in college. We go back uh, a good few years. And um, as my AD, he was uh, well. He was my right hand man. You know, he was my my, my counsel on the film, so to speak. And um, he made a lot of great calls. He made a lot of uh, you know. He he's someone I trust an awful lot. And the same with the producer, uh, Fionn Gregor. I worked with him uh, on commercials uh, when I was working in London. Um, and um, cinematographer Kevin Minogue is a very good friend of mine as well from from back home. So there's quite a few people um, that I was working with that I was uh, that I'd worked with before and I was friends with. And luckily, everyone just clicked and everyone got along and it just made you know for a productive shoot. It was intense in terms of the time frame that we had and having to kind of rush from location to location, fit in as many scenes as we could a day. But luckily, like everyone. Uh, was kind of uh, united you know we were all a team everyone sort of worked so hard to get it done and uh, it was lovely it was just great at the end of every week then to just go for pints and chill out with everyone and um, kind of celebrate the fact that you know we've we've done a tremendous amount of work in, in such little time yeah and yeah the, you had a tremendous supporting cast as well as Shane and Isol being fabulous yeah, how yeah. did the casting process go? Um, the casting process it was the same as, as what I did with Trampoline. So what I like to do is, um, rather than just get uh, actors to come in and audition straight away, I'd like to sort of uh, just meet with them for a coffee, uh, get to know them a bit. I think it's important. It's the same uh, with uh, crew members as well. It's important to get along with the people that you're working with. So it's almost like an informal interview. You're just meeting up with them. You're having a quick chat with them about their background, about the movie, um, and about sort of what direction they want to, their career to go and you know and, and if the part is right for them or not and then after that um, I invited people that I thought from those sort of chats uh, who I thought might work in the role and I invited them then uh, to the second stage which was the audition process and I uh, auditioned um, Andy's individually and Maggie's individually and then the third round then was to just bring people back um, and have them do chemistry tests together so Finding uh, Andy and Maggie was key because, like, they carry the movie. They're the two main characters, and the whole thing sort of hinges on them. So, once Shane and Isol did their chemistry test together, um, my God, it was like there was no point going any further. You know, uh, I knew there and then I'd found my uh, Andy and Maggie, and they sort of like whatever I had in mind for the roles, they just uh, brought it to a whole new level. They're absolutely brilliant, and I'm still still in awe of them and the work that they did and then from there then we had to try and cast supporting the supporting cast off of them really do you know so we had Emmett Byrne who plays uh, Hogs who's uh, Andy's best friend and he did a terrific job and he, he had great chemistry as well with Shane and we had Ben Harding and Mary Conroy as well and they were they added so much to the movie too and again it was sort of based off of chemistry as well uh, with Isolde 
So once once you sort of find your your uh, your two leading actors, all the rest falls into place then as a result of that. And to have Pat and Ardell as well was a dream come true. I'm still sort of pinching myself about that. I, I, um, I'm still uh, so excited, you know, that or I'm delighted they came on board and, and they took part in the in the project because when I wrote the first draft of the script, um, I had them in mind straight away, you know, from, from the get-go. And I showed the first draft of the script to my girlfriend and um, she read it and she said, who are you thinking of getting, you know, to play and Andy's dad? I said, God, I'd love to get Ardell Hanlon. And she was thinking, who could you get who's like Ardell Hanlon? Because <laughs> she's like, you know, look, you know, the budget being what it is and everything, you know, it's not likely that you'd, you'd get him. But, uh, you know, luckily uh, we reached out to him, sent him a copy of Trampoline and uh, the copy of the script for Twice Shy. And he came back and he was on board and he was incredibly supportive. And then we were able to go to Pat and say, you know, look, we were making this film. Uh, we have Shane, we have Easel, we have Ardell. Would you be interested? And, the, you know, just, just open doors. And, and, and then um, even to have uh, Pat on board, then we were able to go to the music acts and say, you know, able to go to Ash and say, we're making a movie with Shane Eastland, Ardell and Pat. And then Ash came on board and then we were able to go to Gavin James and say, you know. Yes. And it all just snow, snowballed. And then we got Gavin James, we got the cores, we got Molly Sterling. You know, we ended up uh, with just an incredible sort of, um, incredible collaborators on the movie in terms of the cast, the crew, the soundtrack, everything. It was just just a dream come true. And um, it all just snow, snowballed pretty naturally. And it all sort of came out of the fact that they responded to the script and, and the story. And I think they all agreed that, you know, this is a story worth telling. And um, it's important to sort of uh, use the medium of film to to explore these issues and, and, and to reflect um, issues that are in the, the zeitgeist like that. And uh, I just can't believe we ended up with everyone that we, we got on board, you know. And did it change in any way in the edit or in the, the final mixes? Is there any darlings that you had to cut? Or? Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. I think every scene we shot, you know, I, I have some sort of uh, a connection to uh, and an attachment to. And the first cut of the film was about 90 minutes, and I think now it clocks in at 80. So we did cut a, uh, quite a bit. Um, but it's all, it's, all, it's all for the sake of the story. The actors give such like incredible performances that I was sort of hesitant to, to cut them down but we had a, a fantastic editor Matt Superstad and I kind of needed a fresh pair of eyes I needed Matt to kind of come on board and give me his feedback and um, you know whereas I'd be looking at it whereas I'm so uh, invested in it having sort of written it directed it you know been there throughout the whole process to have Matt come in then uh, with a fresh perspective and look at it and say oh, look I know you like the scene but you know you can, you can cut that and this will run a bit smoother this will cut together better this will work yeah. uh, you know uh, it was invaluable really to, to have that sort of feedback um, so we did we did cut, cut quite a bit and I was always sad to sort of see scenes go but you know uh, all, the, all the right choices in the end I think and I just want to say this and uh, commend you on this is now uh, two for two of good, strong, well-written, well-rounded female characters. <laughs> and you. even in Trampoline, was there a, a reason not that you should ever need one or any male filmmaker should ever need one that your um, lead was a woman? No, there was no reason. Um, I mean, I just like to tell stories and um, I don't know, actually. Uh, it's yeah. something I never I never yeah. thought oh, of. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 like it... it it certainly wasn't um, intentional or anything, you know. And, and even my like the, the stuff I'm working on at the moment has uh, female leads as well. And 
Um, I don't know. I think it is important to uh, you know that to represent um, strong female leads and to um, tell stories with, with strong female leads. I, I think, in a way, I'm I'm like I really love films with <laughs> female characters in them. Obvious Child was a big influence on this. Uh, yeah. Even um, Brief Encounter. Like I, I don't know. I just. I, I, it was, it was never intentional as such. I never sort of said, you know what, I think I need to try and, you know, I'm going to set about to make uh, two movies with female leads. No, it's just it's just stories. They're just the stories I'm interested in telling at the moment, yeah. It's, it's quite a divisive um, topic. Have you had any yeah. negative feedback from this? But that's the thing is, is, is you, you know, you do need to sort of appreciate that, um, you know, there's there's sort of two sides to it. It's divisive for a reason. There's two sides, and 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 the, you know people on both sides feel incredibly strongly and passionate about it. So you you know that's why it was so important for us to approach it sensitively and compassionately, and uh, you know with, with all the respect that it deserves. But yeah, you know there's people who have their minds made up about the film before they even watch it. There's people who will judge it. Um, there's people who label it an abortion movie, even though it's a love story. You know, it's about the relationship and how it's tested by an abortion, as opposed to being all about an abortion. Uh, it's not. We're not trying to make a, uh, any sort of a statement on it at all. But um, you know, you, you, there's nothing you can do really when people make up their minds like that. Um, you just have to let the film speak for itself. You just have to hope that um, they'll you know, do you the courtesy of watching the film before they cast judgment on it. And the fact that it doesn't kind of go down one side or the other, and it is definitely, there's two perspectives represented between his side and her side. Uh, so it's very fair. The, the film is its own thing. It's its own story. And it portrays what is a very divisive and sensitive topic in um, what we like to think is hopefully a, a respectful way. I think that's it. Unless there's anything you want to add for people, um, not just I hope everyone uh, gets a chance to see the film and I hope everyone enjoys it. Um, you know, it it uh, it means a lot now that we're getting the film out to audiences and especially in Irish audience as well. And we hope that um, it connects with people and that uh, that they enjoy it. Excellent. So it'll be out the twenty third of June, and it's mm-hmm. been picked up by. Um, a UK distributor, hasn't it? We have a sales agent, yeah. We have a UK Excellent. sales agent and um, they took the film to Cannes last month, which was uh, a terrific experience. It was... Did you get to go? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, oh, it was surreal. Yeah, absolutely surreal. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, a dream come true and and, and it's just been a, a wonderful journey uh, so far with the film and hopefully it continues, you know. And I'm sure, I'm sure it will. So everyone go see it. It's an absolutely fabulous film. No matter what side you fall on, you'll enjoy this. It's warm and it's honest. And 23rd of June, don't forget. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for talking to us. Thanks. <laughs> right, great.